0: G'day, everybody. It's time for our weekly Sam and the Big Barn NFL podcast with a little bit of college thrown in. G'day, Sam Zickman. Good evening to you, sir.
1: Hello, Mr. Redden. It's great to be with you. Can't wait to chat NFL playoffs on the doorstep. Uh, We had a really intriguing week 18 with a lot of uh, different playoff scenarios that we were pondering and discussing this time last week. And we've seen what's happened now. Uh, And then we also had, obviously, the, the college football national championship uh, game today, which was uh, only a game in name because it was very, very one-sided.
0: On to the NCAAF college playoff, um, first of all. Sam and I spoke about this last week in our preview, and we thought we both thought that Georgia were favourites. We both thought that Georgia would win by, I think, Sam, something like 10 to 14 was the, I think, two touchdowns yep. to 10 points. I think we both did. Yep. Did you really expect them to put 65 on Texas Christian? Final score, everybody, listen to this, 65-7. It's like the Richmond GWS Grand Final of a few years ago.
1: It was clinical. Uh, I know, David, you were very busy today. You've got um, country championships coming up for cricket and you you were doing a lot today. But I sent you a text 10 minutes in, which was about five minutes of game time in, and I said, Georgia are looking ominous. Yes. Uh, I watched the first three drives uh, for each team, which happened pretty quickly, actually, after, you know, TCU just could not get anything going, and Georgia they were unbelievable today. In fact, it it was it's hard to be overly critical of TCU because Georgia flexed their defensive muscle. Uh, they put so much pressure on Duggan. He just could not get any time to think in the pocket. Uh, and equally and opposite from the other side, Stetson Bennett had it all day. Um, the line held up. He threw for four touchdowns, ran for two more and I would think has played himself into a first-round draft pick as well off the performance today. Georgia, clinical, dominated. Um, It's not often you say 65-7, to and it wasn't even that close.
0: Scary performance by Sam and I have been talking about Georgia for the last six to seven weeks, and I think we both thought that perhaps the only side that could do them some damage was Michigan. I don't think anybody um, expected what happened in the playoff with Ohio State to happen, but I think that the, the, the dangerous thing for TCU is that it woke Georgia up. And this is now historically one of the more dominant sides in the history of college football. And I'll say that without not being like the Alabama's had a last great decade, but Georgia's gone back. And it is so hard to win one and then to go to the win two in a row. They are a phenomenal and side and they there will be top 10 draft picks from Georgia, plural, for sure. Jalen Carter's a cert and I think you're right. I think that Bennett could have got himself the Because there's a lot of sides in the NFL that are going to need a quarterback, Sam.
1: Definitely. Yep, absolutely. And, and we talked to the NFL. We'll talk about uh, what happened with the draft picks and a late shift of the, the number one pick. And that might mean that there might be some trading now going on uh, with the first pick in the draft uh, coming up or potentially a trade of a quarterback who had a pretty good year. But we'll talk about that. But just a couple of stats from today's game in the NC. Uh, double A that uh, it just really rammed at home. So from a defensive side for Georgia, five sacks, nine tackles for loss. So that was the amount of pressure that Duggan was under. And then on the other side, no sacks and only two tackles for loss uh, from the TCU defensive line. So it was uh, such a good performance um, by Georgia today and, um, Bowers, Brock Bowers, David, I know we talked about he's a little bit quiet last week, but he did a couple of really exciting things. He looked amazing today. He had one touchdown, 152 yards. Um, He had a couple of rushes, 15 yards as well. So he's another one that'll that'll be going into the NFL if that's what he opts to do. Uh, I'll just have a check. I can't remember whether he's a senior uh, or not. He's a sophomore, but I would expect he'll probably enter the draft. Um, Haven't heard yet, unless you've heard, David, but
0: I would suspect he'll go. Yeah, Even as a sophomore, he's certainly got the talent. Um, Yeah, look, uh, you would imagine that uh, Nick Belichick, Bill Belichick and others, some of the more senior NFL coaches will be monitoring Georgia very closely. I know that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are on uh, speaking teams quite regularly, and it's just such a good football side. And Obviously, there'll be a massive changeover next year, but congratulations to them. And you've got to say, well done to TCU. The Horned Frogs have gone above themselves to get themselves into a college. And congratulations to their program. It's not a huge University of Texas Christians based in Fort Worth, but goodness me, they have punched well above their weight.
1: Yeah, it's actually really unfortunate how much of a one-sided affair it was. uh, Considering how well they played against Michigan, the week before, although most of that was offensive. I think mean, the defensive struggles have pulled through because they obviously gave up a lot of points in that game as well. It's unfortunate it was such a blowout because I think it'll overshadow what a great season they had. They obviously they walk away with no silverware at all. They lost their conference championship game. They lost the the national title game. So that's a disappointing one. I think they'll all I think everyone will look back to that missed field, go by Ohio State on the bell. Uh, in the semi-final against Georgia is the only opportunity someone really had to beat Georgia this year. Um, And that that field goal obviously missed wide left. And as we talked about last week, David, you don't get too many opportunities to beat a team like Georgia. And last week was the chance and they absolutely flexed their muscle and congratulations to them. Back-to-back titles.
0: Georgia, the champions of the United States again. And well done to uh, all the sides. It's been a fabulous college football season. It's such a wonderful sport to watch. It is just phenomenal. And I suppose if you like your sport and you love what crowds are like, go. if you're ever in America, go and watch college football. I know Sam has spent some time recently at one of the world's best stadiums at the moment. But college football is just an extraordinary experience. I was fortunate enough to, to experience it in Houston, and it is just wonderful. So make sure you give it a, If you're looking to expand your watching, then make sure you spend some time next year watching the NCAAF. Under the NFL, and goodness me, there was some, I suspect that the AFC wasn't really a surprise, although the closeness was, and the NFC produced, well, we'll talk about that shortly, what a result that was. So, chronologically in order. Saturday football. The Chiefs beat the Raiders Raiders 31-13. Home field advantage for the Chiefs. The Jaguars, 20, defeated the Titans, 16, with a late um, uh, strip sack, or a a fumble, sorry, and a touchdown return. The Falcons, 30, over the Buccaneers, 17. The Buccaneers uh, were playing for nothing. The Bills, 35, knocked the Patriots out of the the playoffs, 23, and a couple of the touchdowns from Buffalo. One throw, in particular, from Josh Allen, was world-class. My Vikings did the business, 29, 13, and secured at least one home final. The Bengals, 27, over the Ravens, 16. And extraordinarily, they play each other again this week. Then the Texans, 32, over the Colts, 31. The Dolphins somehow ex- somehow got away with a win 11-6 over the Jets and got themselves into the playoffs, remarkably. The Panthers, 10, over the Saints, 7. The Panthers actually came home quite well at the end of the season. The Steelers, 28-14, and that was almost enough to get them in. But they end up with a plus 500 record, but the Dolphins knocked them out. The Chargers went down 31 28 to the Broncos. I don't think the Chargers would be very worried about that. The Eagles 22 over the Giants 16, and the Eagles getting home field, home field advantage and a week off. The Giants get ready for Minnesota. In JJ Watt's last game of football, the Niners 38, the Cardinals 13. The Seahawks in overtime remarkably qualified for the playoffs 19 16, although they didn't know that at the time. Sammy's Cowboys had a rest and uh, will be ready for this week and go to Tampa. And then in the one I think an extraordinary performance, and we will talk about that first. We usually speak Cowboys, but there's no real need. What about the Detroit Lions beating the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau and knocking the Cheeseheads out?
1: Yeah, I think last week we talked about the, the way this schedule was put together yes. and people in Seattle in particular were very critical of the NFL for this decision because it effectively meant that if they got the job done, which they did, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that game and the fact that it took Myers two attempts to put them through after missing a game in reg- uh, missing a field goal in regulation. But after yes. Seattle won that game, the Lions were eliminated. Uh, there was a le- level of concern that they wouldn't um, they wouldn't bring their 100% effort to the game but that is not what happened. in fact, um, watching a lot of this game as I did, I think it actually played into the Lions' hands, the fact that they weren't playing for a playoff spot. They were risky in some of the decisions they made on fourth down, some of the plays, going for it, not kicking field goals. I don't think they would have played in the same vein had they been playing for a playoff spot. So I think it actually played into Seattle's hand. And the fact that it's a, a divisional game between two, two teams that don't like each other um, I think the Lions could have been 1-16 and set, one and one and had a crack in this game. So the fact that they were a good team and in a lot of ways, I think San Fran would be absolutely ecstatic with the way this played out because I don't think they wanted any piece of the Lions and I don't think they'd like any piece of the Packers, but credit to the Lions. They played so well. Um, Williams on his return to Green Bay ran for two touchdowns. He was the difference. Jared Goff has just done what Jared Goff has done all year, just been really serviceable, a great game manager and... Um, the great Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to pull the Packers over the
0: line this year. Question for you, without notice, is that Aaron Rodgers' last game in Wisconsin?
1: I don't know if it is, but I think it should be. I think he should leave. I think it's time the Packers reset. Their division is getting stronger.
0: Oh, man. For, they're, they're, for, for them to have those three sides, and that, you know they could have had two in the playoffs. They don't. But the Detroit Lions are a completely different kettlebell. The only easy beat in the Chicago Bears now. That's a tough division.
1: That's right. And the Bears get the number one pick in the draft, which they'll probably keep fields, I would think, and trade it for a haul um, and really shore up any gaps they've got. Otherwise, they might um, take the number one pick, trade fields and and do the same. It's a really interesting uh, equation now for... Chicago off the back of what Fields has done. And and that's all off the back of Houston winning that game remarkably at the death. But yeah, credit to the Lions. They came to play. It was a brilliant game to watch a fitting end to the season. Um, And yeah, I just think Aaron Rodgers should look elsewhere. I think it's time. I think there's so many good opportunities for him to go elsewhere and play football. Um, Yeah, I think it's time.
0: I wonder whether Josh McDaniels, because they've been talking about Brady heading to Vegas Brady will be 47 next year. Aaron Rodgers has actually got a few years left in him. This has been spoken about more than once. Is Aaron Rodgers possibly ending up in silver and black at that magnificent place? Um, Look, it's got all sorts of potential. I do want to explore what you've just spoken about. We can jot around a bit here. Chicago, let's say Chicago decide to stick with what appears to be a pretty decent quarterback, particularly a mobile-type quarterback. Who do you think would be willing to move picks around and do things to get a number one draft pick. Does it make sense that the Texans would, or are you thinking someone who's finished in the top, in the bottom 10 to get really interesting and start having a crack? Carolina, Tennessee, who do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at a team like the Colts, uh, who could potentially look to jump up into the... Now they've got... Now they're going to have probably, what, pick three or four... But if we look at the teams as we're currently constructed, Houston's going to get pick two. I think they'll, they'll probably stay in pick two and they'll take a quarterback. Um, now, they might opt to try and jump up. It's, it's just so messy for them having won that game of football and now having to potentially trade assets. So I think, they're going to, I think they'll stay. So the teams I'm looking at right now is, in particular, the Colts as a team who may want to jump up if we're talking AFC teams. And then I'm thinking it's probably going to be the Panthers um, that look to jump up if we're talking about teams in the NFC. Now, the Panthers are obviously going to be picking about 10 or 11, uh, whereas yeah, the Broncos are probably going to be picking five or six. So they're the two I'm looking at. Um, The the Colts, sorry. Um, The Broncos, do they move on?
0: Okay, yes. Here's one for you. Arizona.
1: I don't think they do. I think they stay with Kyler. I think he showed enough, but yeah, they're going to pick really high. That they might they might opt to just pick another quarterback and put some pressure on. I just think it's so intriguing what's happened and how the Bears, who actually had a reasonable year at times, um, have ended up with that top pick. Mind you, Houston played pretty well as, as well, and Lubby Smith obviously got got the sack today, which has caused a lot of controversy in the states. Um, it's really tough to have a coach when a team is potentially tanking Um, and they actually played pretty well. So, and I wonder whether that was a send-off, whether he knew, whether he knew he was gone and and he went out and tried to win that football game. For those that haven't seen it, they were behind as a Hail Mary with about, I don't know, 20 seconds to go. It went over the top of the Colts defender into the waiting arms of the Texans player who, Uh, who got the touchdown, and they went for a two-point conversion to win, and that effectively moved them from the the, the top pick in the draft to the second pick in the draft and and instilled Chicago uh, with the top pick. The reason I talk about Chicago potentially going for a quarterback at pick one and not trading out of it is Fields has only got two years left on his rookie deal. So what they could opt to do is trade him, and I think he's got a fair bit of trade value off his performance this year. And then they can go and pick a quarterback uh, with pick one and reset the clock effectively on that five-year window where they get a cheap quarterback and they can go about trying to recruit other players.
0: The number one nominal quarterback in the draft is Alabama's Bryce Young. Um, Certainly Stetson Bennett comes in. He
1: would be the one. Bryce Bryce Young to the the Bears or Bryce Young to whoever trades up into that spot, I I would suggest.
0: So the other games that mattered... The Seahawks, as Sam said, on the second offing against the Rams, remarkably, because of that Green Bay-Detroit result, amazingly, the Seattle Seahawks are in the playoffs. And I don't think anybody thought that Geno Smith would get them in. And credit to them. They've done an amazing job, Seattle. They've had their ups and downs. But this is a wonderful result for the people up there in in Northwest America. That is an amazing result.
1: It's a great result for them, and they get a divisional game, probably one of the <laughs> toughest matchups in the first week of the finals. They go to uh, they go to San Fran and Brock Purdy, who, for mine, David's currently one of the best ten quarterbacks in the league. The way he's playing, it's unbelievable. He's six and zero, in, and in a month from now, David, we might be looking at Brock Purdy as a ten and zero Super Bowl champion. And uh, he's looked besides one quarter against um, who's it against. Um, Vegas one quarter against Vegas free looks really poor and they got down by 10 and he ended up storming home to win it. He has looked all a superstar quarterback in the making Brock Purdy and Seattle's qualified. They get a divisional rival. They go to San Fran in the two seven and that is going to be a very tough matchup, but credit to the Seahawks. I know on this podcast, I'm happy to own when I was wrong at the start of the year, I thought that they would be vying for a top pick in the draft and they've proved me wrong. Do you know Smith proved me wrong and, and they're headed to the playoffs.
0: And if you're a Seattle part of their franchise, Seattle have more travel than anybody in the NFL, okay? They always struggle in time zones away from themselves. They get to play at their closest rival in their own time zone. So, yes, it's the Niners, and I've said before, I've said it publicly this week, I think the Niners will make the Super Bowl. But Seattle won't have any fears, and it sets up well for them. It really does.
1: Look, there's nothing to lose. Nothing to lose for them. No one's expecting them to go in and win the match. Uh, In fact, they'll be, I would say, the the largest underdog of the wildcard matches coming up this weekend. So, yeah, but credit to Geno Smith in particular for what he's been able to do. People had thrown him on the scrap heap uh, and he's quarterbacked his team into the playoffs. So, really, really good to see.
0: Other games that were important, the Steelers beat the Browns 28-14 and I must admit, Kenny Pickett's starting to look more and more like an NFL quarterback, but they couldn't get home because the Dolphins, it was 6-0 right at the death. And Sam and I, again, we've been texting a bit this week. Um, the Dolphins, 6 all at the death, and then scored five points in the last couple of minutes to get home, Sam, and I do a attritional game, but at least they defended their hearts out.
1: Yeah, and the latest on the Dolphins, obviously, when we think forward to this week in the playoffs, the tour still isn't cleared for football activities off the back of his third concussion of the year a few weeks ago. So um, the Dolphins uh, look likely to be without Tua this week, and that's going to make it incredibly tough because they've got the second hardest uh, road this week. They play the Bills um, up in Western New York, and that's not where you want to be going.
0: Uh, no, because Buffalo's riding an emotional wave, and they're almost impossible to be at Orchard Park. I actually think the Dol- if Tua doesn't play, the Dolphins are 15-1. to 1.
1: Absolutely, how- yep. And we should actually touch on um, DeMar Hamlin. We should quickly just mention him while we talk. start talking about the bills. And he's had a miraculous recovery, it must be said. Uh, He's back in Buffalo. He's obviously still uh, in hospital, but he was able to leave um, UC hospital in Cincinnati and head back home. He's been... Uh, He's been texting, um, he's been uh, on Twitter, whether he's been doing it directly. um, He's been asking questions, talking, he's off, um, you know, all the assisted breathing. From all reports, it's been an absolutely remarkable um, recovery to date. He's got a long way to go. But it appears, David, from all that we're hearing is that physical and neurological function is almost as, as it was, which is just unbelievable and so pleasing to hear.
0: Can I just mention about DeMar Hamlin, I saw elongated coverage today of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos missing before the start of play. The two number threes, James Jr. and Russell Wilson, in the middle of the ground. And then all sides, uh, both teams sort of uh, on the opposite side of the ground and linked arms in support for DeMar Hamlin and uh, Bill I and everybody's got behind him. But the Chargers and the Broncos organisations, both of whom are known as class organisations, went above themselves at Mile High. It was a beautiful piece of um, sportsmanship and support for DeMar Hamlin. It really was superb.
1: It was great. And and look, the NFL, after getting some criticism last Monday night, when probably undue criticism, it's not easy to make decisions uh, on the fly and I think they've made some really good decisions this week. You can't please everyone. In particular, the Bengals probably were the most upset about what happened. But just to take everyone through, there were kind of two parts to the decision-making the NFL made. The first was that they um, cancelled the match. So effectively, it didn't count against or for either team's win percentage. Uh, they just effectively, that that match doesn't exist, uh, not completed. But what they also did is they then assessed, and the reason they made that determination, they they said, was because it didn't impact any team's ability to make or miss the playoffs. All the teams that were impacted it were already in. Uh, yes. But what it did impact was team's ability to get the number one seed, home field advantage, win division. So they had some almost caveats that, that, that they put. They released the day after they made that decision. Um, One of those being that if Buffalo and Kansas City both won their matches, which they did, if they happen to play in the conference championship game, it will be at a neutral site. So if Kansas City obviously being the number one seed in getting the bye, Buffalo's missed out on that. Um, But if the two teams play each other in the conference final, it won't be in Kansas City Um, then it obviously won't be in Buffalo. It will be at a neutral site. I haven't heard where that neutral site will be, um, but that is locked in. So that was one of the possible scenarios heading into the week. Now, if Kansas City won and Buffalo lost, then that wouldn't have been in play. And same if the reverse had happened. Um, The other one that was in play was if the Ravens had beaten the Bengals, then they would have said, this is so interesting that the matchup this week would have been a coin toss for who hosted. He might <laughs> thought it
0: was a coin toss. On the would video. have been a
1: coin toss. So that was the one that created the... Look, I, the only rumblings I heard of um, discontent from the league was the Bengals thought that was unfair they thought they should have earned the right to not have to play their players this week and win that match anyway they've gone out and won it so there'll be no coin toss even though that would have been a riveting espn 20 minutes if they'd gone off to some local diner and and tossed a coin so i thought that was really interesting uh, that the nfl created those caveats on the top of canceling that game from my mind and from a sports administrator's point of view and both of us are heavily involved in sports david i think they've done a pretty good job the nfl
0: I think they've managed it okay. Sam, if I could throw you up a couple of... I think that Buffalo and Kansas City, the only team that can stop that happening is the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I'll say it right now. I think there's only three teams that can win the AFC, and I think there's only three teams that can win the NFC. But if Buffalo and Kansas City play, that will be a fascinating decision because both of them play outdoors. Okay. Will the NFL go and say, right, We because the time zones make sense to play either in central time or eastern time. Buffalo's in New York time, Kansas City's not. So the places that make sense, the um, US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, oh, well, that might not be free. Here's one for you. The Louisiana Superdome will be free. Okay? And that the reason I'm suggesting indoors is because it gives these – Athletes the best chance of able to play a great game from play the other one that becomes interesting is places like Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas um, and things like that because they've got these world class stadiums where they can control the environment because um,
1: I don't think they'll go to SoFi I don't think they'd give the teams the opportunity to go to SoFi I think I think you've listed a couple that I had in my mind as being favourites to get the match so I think Mercedes Benz Stadium is a real oh. Opportunity oh, in Atlanta. Yes, I think that's a real opportunity. I think they might use Atlanta, and the other one is Allegiant Stadium, as you've mentioned.
0: The other one that I've just thought of has come to mind, which is actually between the two, is the um, Lucas Hall Stadium in Indianapolis as well. Allegiant Stadium. Holy cow! Wouldn't that be a massive weekend?
1: I feel oh, like it's po- it's a it's a possibility. I think they might want to try and look at it. So probably the toughest part. So obviously Kansas City. By finishing first, and it hasn't been spoken about a lot, the toughest part about it is obviously for the for the Bills. This is they have to play this week. Now they should win, but the tough part is because you finish second, you 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 have to play the Bengals. Whereas Kansas City are going to avoid the Bengals, which is huge because I would favor Kansas because it, it's the top three and then daylight. In that conference, yeah. so Kansas City is going to cakewalk for mind into the conference championship game, whereas you're going to get a Bills versus Bengals matchup in Western New York. Uh, I would expect the Bills to come through that, but not easily. So I think they'll get softened up a bit. So I feel like Kansas City are in really good shape um, to oh, to go through. But Jesus, going to, that's going to be a massive matchup if that's what does end up happening in the in the um, in the AFC. Yeah,
0: look, if, I, if I'm going to be asked to pin it down on a couple, I will go Elite Stadium. Uh, that's not very far from Kansas City. And of course, Kansas City's there. The other one is the Louisiana Superdome. They're the two that make the most sense with the fact that us Bank stadium may actually be in play. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the playoffs. So we have Saturday, Sunday, Monday football in America. Okay? This is one thing I still don't understand. I reckon the teams playing Monday night are at a huge disadvantage, but that's just my opinion.
1: Odd scheduling too, I've got to admit. I feel like it has to be some flexing from ESPN to have gotten the Dallas Tampa. I don't know, I'm jumping ahead, but to uh, I think it's a really strange decision to play that game on uh, on Monday Night Football. But anyway, I'll let you go through the schedule. Oh, so do I. I,
0: I, I don't agree with the schedule, to be honest. I, I just don't understand some things. Here we go. So these are Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Sunday the 15th of January. The first game... <laughs> bizarrely, he's the most west of the allot. That, that is one thing I don't understand.
1: Yeah, they've, it, dumped, they've dumped the two games they're expecting to be blowouts first up on each of the
0: two days. Oh, no, yeah, they've got Miami and Buffalo on the Sunday. But anyway, here we go. Seattle at San Francisco. That guy, Levi's. That game at Levi's stadium in um, Santa Clara, half past eight in the morning. And then at a quarter past 12 in the afternoon, it's Los Angeles Chargers at Jacksonville uh, at TI Bank. Bankfield, so they're the Saturday night games in America, and again, that Seattle San Francisco game will be a straight day game. That is not going to be played under lights. That will be yeah, that's right.
1: So that's what they've they've done that with Seattle San Fran, and they've done it with Miami Buffalo, which you'll talk about next. But the mouthwatering game there is Herbert versus Lawrence under lights, obviously in Jacksonville, in the twelve fifteen slot on on Sunday here in Australia on. on Saturday in America, that is going to be a battle of the quarterbacks of the future. Can't wait for that one, David.
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's an intriguing fixture. Then on Sunday, 5 a.m. our time, so this is early in the day. Okay, this is this is a day game. Doesn't make much difference in West New York. Buffalo hosting Miami. Follow at half past eight by the New York Football Giants playing my Vikings in Minneapolis. And the ninth game is Baltimore at Cincinnati. That's at 12.15 our time. That's at Pacor Stadium. Then on Monday Night Football America, so Tuesday our time, 12.15, it's Dallas at Tampa. So here we go. Let's go in chronological order. Uh, I think we're both tipping San Francisco quite comfortably against Seattle.
1: Yep. I'll give a two touchdown advantage to San Fran in that one.
0: I think, I think if, I, if they were in Vegas, they'd be marking 14, 14 and a half on Seattle for sure. Now, the next game, as Sam said, is really interesting. Los Angeles, the, the, the lower seed against Jacksonville, although the LA has got a better record. Two very talented young quarterbacks. The Chargers have been superb in the back half of the season. I actually think they'll win, and I actually think they'll win well.
1: Yeah, I've got the Chargers. I think they'll go on the road and they'll win. Um, I think it'll be close. Field goal, field goal in it, but Chargers going through.
0: Then on to the Sunday game, the early game, If oh, I'm going to put a caveat on this. If Tua plays, Miami's a chance. If Tua doesn't play, they are no chance against Buffalo. And in fact, I think Buffalo could win by three touchdowns if he doesn't play. That's how confident I am.
1: Yeah, I think he makes 10 to 14 points difference. So it's either, a you know, we're talking in the vicinity of 14 to 17 or three points. Uh, I've got Buffalo either way, but yeah, factor. Tua makes it field goal touchdown difference. If he's not there, it's multiple touchdowns
0: the giants in minnesota is actually an interesting game the giants have been much better than everybody thought they would they've got a pretty good running game minneapolis the minnesota vikings kirk cousins doesn't like being flushed out of that pocket very much but they've got the fair with a 13 and 4 record now my tip's obvious because of my vikings man i think the vikings will win by about seven sam as an objective observer here who you got the giants and the vikings in minneapolis
1: I'm looking for the Vikings to flex their muscles and put New York out. I'm really pleased that New York's made the playoffs and they've had a really good season. Um, The Vikings have won all the close games, but I just think they're a better team. I've got them by a touchdown in this game and they'll head into week two and and they'll play San Fran.
0: Wow. Well, We'll go through who we think will be in week two shortly. Cincinnati and Baltimore, well, does Lamar Jackson play? I think that's the massive question. Coming off no football at all, I don't think that Baltimore can win either way. I'm, I think Cincinnati's a very good football side, and I think that they are the only team that can upset Baltimore, uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. So I've got Cincinnati by 10. I'd be
1: shocked if Lamar pay, plays. I just don't see why he would play And I just wonder whether Baltimore's the team. And this is a big call. It's an early call. I just don't know whether Lamar's at Baltimore next year. I feel like, there's so much going on here around you know, looking after him and putting pressure on him, and you know, no contract and refusing to pay. I mean, that they might well franchise him and keep him there, but which is feels like it'd be a really poor decision. They've got that opportunity if they franchise him, obviously, he has to play. Um, but I think if he had his pick, he might get out of there. I can't imagine him playing, I don't see any reason for him to do it except that he's a competitive animal. Um, so I've got Cincinnati comfortably. I'm surprised. With the schedule, I would have thought the Dallas-Tampa Bay game would have been in this slot. Um, not saying that Baltimore and Cincinnati shouldn't be, but yeah, I'm really surprised with the, the NFL scheduling here. But I've got Cincinnati, no Lamar, Cincinnati by ten.
0: And Tampa Bay has limped into the finals uh, on a couple of back of a couple of vintage Tom Brady performances. Tom Brady's got a very good record against Dallas. I can't see any way unless. Tampa gets to Prescott that Dallas lose this, I just can't. I think Dallas will win by 10. That's how confident the reason being is that Tampa has a one-dimensional defense offense and Dallas will pick them apart. They'll go for Brady. They'll shut them down on the ground um, and put the ball in Brady's hands. That's not to say you can't do it but this is a very accomplished Dallas side and I take them by 10 even though this game's at Raymond James Stadium in Western Florida.
1: Dallas loses this game Mike McCarthy's not won't be coaching Dallas next year. I think that's that's a fair call to make, um, and it might well be Sean Payton that comes in. So it could be short term pain, long term game for the Cowboys. So I feel like Sean Payton would be ideal to come in and coach this team. But I think the Cowboys will win. Uh, I think Stephon Diggs will pick off Brady. Sorry, Stefan Diggs. Uh, Trayvon Diggs will pick off no. Brady. <laughs> he,
0: he, he plays for Buffalo. i
1: tell you what, I wish, I wish we had both the Diggs boys running around. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs, I think, will pick Brady off a couple of times. I think Brady's been loose with the football. I just hope that Dak, I just really hope that Dak can control this game and look after the football. I know last week I picked Washington, David. I said I thought Cowboys wouldn't turn up to play. Uh, and that Washington would beat them. And that's what happened. But I wasn't expecting it to happen the way it did. Cowboys actually played their players. They just played terrible. Dak looked so average. Um, yeah, so there's there's some concern there. Um, from my point of view, I'm obviously a nervous Cowboys supporter. We don't often win playoff games and we lose ones we should win. Um, I would say right now that the form quarterback is Tom Brady in this matchup. It's not Dak Prescott. Um, So I think it's going to be a really, really close one. I'm expecting if they can't pick off Tom Brady and get some points with some short fields, I think they're in trouble, but I'll back them in and I'll say Cowboys by a field goal.
0: And I think that the biggest chance of an upset is actually the New York Giants. I'm confident with the other games, but I think the Giants is the one game there. Um, Minnesota's just been hanging on. I mean, it's bizarre we're talking about a team that went 13 and 4. If you'd have told the Vikings in May that they're going to finish 13 and 4, they'd have said, thank you, mother, for the Rabbits. But goodness me, um, the Giants have proved themselves a good side. And I think that they're the best chance of an upset. So if the games go as Sam and I think, and we are the same in all games, this will be what happens, Sammy. Seattle, Jacksonville, Miami, New York, Baltimore, and Tampa would be eliminated. So this would set up the following. San Francisco would get the Minnesota Vikings in Santa Clara. Philly, who hadn't played, will then get Dallas. So Dallas would head to Philly for a divisional matchup, okay? In the AFC, Buffalo and Cincinnati, oh, my goodness me, what an understory there is there. And the Kansas City Chiefs would also get a divisional rival because we both think that Los Angeles will beat Jacksonville. Kansas City will get Los Angeles in Kansas City. And then, of course, after that, God only knows where the other players will be. But, yes, yeah, so it'll be Philly and Dallas, we think, Minnesota away to San Francisco, Kansas City hosting Los Angeles, and Buffalo hosting Cincinnati, San, It's mouthwatering, isn't it, this time of year?
1: It is, and I, I can pretty much guarantee now that the two night games will be the Dallas game and the Cincinnati and Buffalo game. So Philly-Dallas, probably Saturday night, and then you'll get uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo on the Sunday night or some vice versa scheduling of that. But we're obviously we're obviously jumping heads. Obviously, they only play on Saturday and Sunday in the US, so Sunday and Monday here the following week. But, yeah, I think we can bucket the games for this week into three distinct buckets. You've got matches where we don't expect much opposition, um, Seattle-San Fran, Miami-Buffalo, uh, Baltimore-Cincinnati. We've got the one particular game which is going to be, we think, really close. Um, well, I think close, David. I think you've got the Charges winning it comfortably, but I think that's a really close one. And then ups, upset alert for both of our teams. I think Minnesota and Dallas could both be upset. Um, I think we're both obviously picking with our hearts and our heads have them both going through, but they're the two games that could swing. So Tampa and New York wouldn't be a surprise if they won, um, but expect Minnesota and Dallas to win.
0: And interestingly, if Dallas and the Giants win, Dallas avoid Philly, don't they? Correct. Yeah, they
1: do. They'll head to – if New York can manage to win, then it'll be Dallas-San Fran.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure they'd want that. I think they'd rather
1: play Philly. I think they'd they'd rather
0: Philly. I think they'd rather Philly. So, again, in order, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chargers and the Jaguars – then Miami, Buffalo, New York, Minnesota, Baltimore, Cincinnati, they're on Sunday in America, and Monday Night Footballers, Dallas and Tampa. Sam, it's been a t- terrific tonight. Anything else you wanted to mention, uh, uh, looking looking, anything going forward, or you're happy with what we've come up with tonight?
1: Yeah, I think that, I think we've covered it off really well. Hopefully, everyone's enjoyed tonight's podcast, and they're looking forward to getting into some playoff football this
0: weekend. Absolutely. Sam, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to catching up with next week, but I'll be on the road again. Looking forward to speaking to you then. Thanks, David. On behalf of Sam, this is David. You all take care. Look after yourself and enjoy your football. Bye-bye.